0: with guests from all over the world from different wisdom traditions. I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome Diana to the podcast again. Thank you. It's great to be back. So happy to have you here. We have so much amazing energy to share today. We are actually going to talk about the new moon in Cancer, which will be so beautiful because we're experiencing it always around the midsummer or Lita, the time of the year when uh, in for us in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the... Uh, strongest sun the most abundant summer and mother earth is flourishing it's all about fertility and love so i'm really excited to talk about this new moon with you and also the cancer season which is so beautiful and nourishing and for everyone who's joining today i want to mention that on june 28th when the new moon actually occurs uh, me and diana will host another online ceremony together ritual which will be connected to this new moon and the theme will be to dive into the womb of the mother or into the womb of yourself of creation it's going to be an online ceremony through zoom and if you can't join live you will get the recording and it's going to be in the western part of the u.s so the pacific time will be 10 a.m and on the eastern uh, part of the u.s it's 1 p.m and here in central europe it's going to be 7 p.m in the evening so it's on tuesday june 28th and we can't wait to uh, share with you already now the astrology of the new moon and maybe diana you want to just shortly introduce yourself if someone here
1: hasn't heard our previous podcast episodes together. Sure. Um, so I'm Diana Westley. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and spiritual coach. And um, basically, the, the form of astrology that I practice really emphasizes the evolution of our souls over time. So um, when I look at a person's chart, I'm looking at Um, kind of where they're coming from in past lifetimes, what karmic patterns and conditioning they hold, what gifts and and talents and wisdom they're bringing into this lifetime, as well as what they need to kind of develop into and, and grow toward to continue their evolution and not stay stuck in the karmic past. Um, I also bring in a lot of um, feminine asteroids, so asteroids named after goddesses and um, feminine mythological figures and religious figures to really kind of round out that experience of um, the feminine and, and the feminine journey through the lens of astrology so um so yeah so i'm really excited to explore kind of the, the evolutionary purpose of this new moon both today and in our ceremony as well as kind of bringing in and, and celebrating and um honoring some of the the goddesses and feminine archetypes that are present mm,
0: that's so lovely and we do love to work with the divine feminine we always do that so in in our ceremonies, we always call in any uh, any uh, energy that is supporting us and guiding us and also working consciously with the divine feminine, different aspects of the goddess, the divine mother, the, the womb of creation, as we s- said about this particular new moon, because cancer is kind of like this watery realms of uh, the womb and it's about going within and I feel like it's a really good time to do that after Gemini season it really tends to help us to slow down so I'm really excited for our circle and for the conversation today and we had just had a full moon in Sagittarius which is so different because it's not only a fire sign but it's really expansive and more like young and i would say that cancer is like the almost the most yin energy that we find um scorpio even more because we go even in more into the darkness but the cancer energy is so beautiful and the theme of of uh, this time is really to for me it's really about connecting back to our emotional body and our intuition and to also come back to nourishing ourselves so it's like the mother archetype but it's really how we also mother ourselves and create healthy boundaries and to um, also connect with our inner child because I feel like cancer is both the mother and the child at the same time. So maybe then you wanna start by talking about some, of course, in the ceremony, we will talk deeper about the astrology and the asteroids and everything. So everyone who's wanting to learn about that, it's great if you want to um, do that, if you want yeah. to join us. And we have an early bird uh, price up until 25th of June. So if you're interested, you can click the link in the show notes. But Diana, maybe you want to start by talking about the sign and also the time we're in when this new moon will happen.
1: Sure. Um, and I think it's it's really interesting that you brought up that this new moon does follow the full moon in Sagittarius and, you know, that happens every year that's just kind of the natural flow of things um but but Sagittarius and Cancer they actually do have some interesting things in common even though they're super different signs I think it's more that Sagittarius has this very um and and not all Sagittarians will agree with this there's introverted and extroverted extroverted expressions of the sign Sagittarius, but kind of in its purest form, Sagittarius wants to expand out into the world, to to learn new things, to seek truths and and things like that, whereas Cancer is kind of more coming back to itself um, and coming back to the truth that exists there so that it can expand out in a different way. Um, As Sharon brought up, Cancer is the sign of the mother and and there's nothing more expansive than than growing and and creating a baby whether this is literal or you know figurative a creative um baby you know something something brand new that's a very expansive experience it's just a different form of expansion and so um so i I do think it's really interesting though that there is this um of shared energy as we move from the full moon in Sagittarius into the new moon in Cancer. There's there is this expansive quality, this truth-seeking quality, but we're we're often kind of seeking it in different ways. Um, So so there's definitely this this um, bridge that exists between the two which is really beautiful. With the new moon and Cancer, kind of generally speaking, um, there's a lot of, of focused energy. So Cancer is the sign associated with the moon. It's ruled by the moon. So when we look at new moons, we often look at the planet that is ruling that new moon. But in the case of a Cancer new moon, it rules itself. Um, so there's nowhere else to look really. You can look at other aspects the moon is making to other planets and, you know, we'll do that as well. Um, but but it's this very concentrated focused energy under the new moon. And so there's a lot of power and potential and, and very new beginnings birthing something you know radically and drastically new Um, and also you know as Sharon mentioned there is this energy of kind of coming home to ourselves so we're not as distracted there's not like multiple things kind of pulling our attention in different directions there's this ability to really plant this new seed um you know plant a seed of intention plant literal seeds of um with actions and things that we do to kind of you know begin new new processes create new life in different forms um but again the the power of that new moon in cancer is just so much concentrated focused energy around whatever it is that we hope to to give birth to um as Sharon mentioned, you know, there is this connection to womb energy, there's a connection to the mother, there's a connection to the child. Um, In general, it tends to be a really powerful time for kind of beginning anew um, around our experience of the mother archetype, around, um, you know, our experience of our own inner child. Um, So kind of between actually this, this full moon that we just had, and the new moon in Cancer, now that we're in this waning, cycle moving towards the dark moon phase right before the new moon Um, this is actually a really powerful time for you know releasing um, stagnant and stuck wounds and, and energy um that's in that that kind of womb space. Um, again, if, if you're a man listening to this, um, and you know the, the womb specifically isn't something that you resonate with, this is a powerful time to be healing. Um, you know, any wounds that are held around you know your own inner feminine, around your own experience of your mother, um, or your experience of like nurturing and mothering others, that's not gender specific. Um, and and similar Literally a really powerful time for for kind of connecting with that that child within us um, any fears that that inner child has any um maybe traumatic or difficult memories or even just experiences of being misunderstood unloved not accepted um, cancer is this very protective um, nurturing all accepting all loving sign you know it's kind of like um this celestial hug (laughs) that's that's here to kind of um remind us that no matter what our our tangible lived experiences of the mother and the child are there's always this opportunity to come back to um you know to the goddess to the earth to um this archetypal energy that exists out there around the mother to remother ourselves, reparent ourselves, um forgive, you know, anything that's that's um kind of caught up in our energetic sphere around the mother child experience. Um and and yeah, as we work through this this cancer cycle and we enter into Leo is the following one. That's where we really get this like blissed out joyous child energy that's ready to, you know, um, creatively express itself and and take up space and shine and be radiant so um so it's it's all kind of part of of the process we're doing you know a lot of coming back to ourselves a lot of healing um again specifically those two archetypes um while we're working with this this cancer energy that's very generative very procreative very creative in its own right um but it again kind of allows for the birth of of the sun allows for the birth of our our fullest um brightest shiniest most dazzling and brilliant creative cells um so that's that's some of the energy that we're going to be working with again both leading up to the new moon under the new moon during cancer season in general um yeah so that's that's kind of the, the high level work we're doing
0: exactly thank you so much for sharing i just had to also Uh, look into because the new moon is happening a week after the summer solstice Mm. which is also like a major uh, turning point so it's a summer solstice in the northern hemisphere and the winter solstice in the southern hemisphere and um, those are such important times on like um, earth level like with mother earth and nature and also the sun level, the sun who's like shifting either into its death or into its birth. So Mm -hmm. in the south, it's going to be like the birth of the sun, but for us, it's going to be like um, the strongest point. So here in, in the Nordics, for example, we have, it's really, really bright right now. And it's kind of, getting dark, maybe an hour in the night, and then it's getting light again. So it's really, um, we are in a time with a lot of light and, and having more energy. And the summer solstice is also uh, from a, from a a nature religion perspective, a really beautiful time of the goddess uh, and for those of you who do celebrate this time midsummer or Lita, everyone knows it's like this very fertile energy, very loving, romantic, because also somehow like when we look out into nature and we see the flowers and everything that's growing, it's also like a birth of the earth again, or like a flourishing. And I, I feel like the flowers is so much representing the goddess as well so we're reminded of her everywhere right that aspect of her um so like leading up now until the 21st you can really work on meditating what you are because it's kind of like a new chapter of the year it does shift the energy the solstices right yeah so we are like now we have had the full moon and the the moon is becoming darker and darker. Maybe we're going more within and also releasing. And then with the summer solstice, like having a beautiful ritual or being in uh, with the earth and mother earth, uh, working with her plants and, and flowers. And you can have, um, there's so many old rituals you can do around the summer solstice that is also then preparing you for the new moon because the new moon will really be it will be the first new moon after the solstice and the shift when all of a sudden the sun is either getting more brighter or it's getting a little bit darker Mm -hmm. and and i just feel like the the cancer season usually tends to be it, it's also something where we are allowed to even it doesn't matter what gender you you uh you you define yourself as or don't define yourself as it's really embodying uh, the the divine feminine within that's the time of of the year it's really gentle and it's really also meditating back to the divine mother which is really like you also said it's it's an unconditional very much holding us in in a unconditional way and we can connect with that and I think that that's really important for our ceremony as well that we invoke that energy because when we look back We have come from a mother who has come from a mother who has come from a mother. It's like going so far back to some source. Mm -hmm. And in, in uh, uh, yogic philosophy, everything is birthed from this cosmic womb. And this is the time of the year where we can really work with that. So if we have, we like the womb space is such a, important portal and we can have it even if we don't have the physical womb it's mm-hmm. also men and women can work with this space it's a creative space it's like what we talked about the svadistana chakra area and there's other words also for this creative force and it's in healing work it's like a, it's like the the main point or source where you work from so there's so much there and i really feel like and even if you look at the sign of cancer and and the crab and all of that it, it is kind of womb like it's it's uh, you know this um this shape of of the crab with the hands coming out it's yeah. kind of like the womb and the, the fallopian tubes and and all of, all of the reproductive uh essence and then that it's being somewhere in between the water and and land as well. So it's like a dual um, dual energy. I really feel that also as a Cancerian myself, as a son in Cancer, uh, there is like a duality in, in the sun. So it does have embodies this nurturing, wanting to take care of everything and everyone feeling responsible for everyone. And then also having the need to be nourished and nurtured. It's like a balance. Yeah. And I think that's really important to for all of us to work with.
1: Definitely. Um, I think it's really interesting that you brought up, you know, the solstice again in midsummer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the longest day of the year. And so it's, it's a time where um, we are really kind of celebrating and, and worshiping the sun um and i think it's it's always been kind of interesting to me that that is the start of cancer season which is ruled by the moon so there's kind of this inherently at least in the northern hemisphere right in the southern hemisphere actually it's a little bit more aligned because you have these really long nights during cancer season you see more of the moon um, but in the northern hemisphere it reminds me there's this really beautiful call to balance um, even during the long days where we're really honoring and and not forgetting um, kind of the importance of the moon with with cancer you know having that moon rulership um and it's it's also you know again this this kind of beautiful balancing act between the masculine and the feminine that we happen to have the summer solstice, followed by this new moon in Cancer, because during a new moon, the sun and the moon come together. And um, and part of why we experience that that darkness during a new moon is because um, the sun isn't casting its light on the moon. They're not separate in a way where it can. And so um, so again, right after this, this major celebration of the sun, um, while also beginning this season where we really honor the The moon, um, we have this coming together of the two, which again just kind of adds potency and power and concentration and focus to to whatever it is that we're hoping to create or manifest or bring into our lives. Um, So so every year, this is a really powerful lunation to work with. Um, But but, you know, this year in particular, um, we have a lot of feminine energies there's a lot of feminine asteroids kind of um and and significant feminine points that are, are being pulled into this moon um, we have the north node in taurus right now which is a yin feminine energy um, ruled by venus a, a feminine planet um and so so we we're working with this energy a little bit more strongly than maybe in the average year um but but I also loved what Sharon was saying about, you know, coming Um, like being out in in nature as part of this celebration. Um, Again, in the Northern Hemisphere, there may be a little bit more inspiration to do that with long days and and maybe warmer weather, but the Southern Hemisphere, it's also powerful and impactful. Um, But up in the North, you know, we we do have a lot of flowers, um, which kind of do have this feminine energy about them. And then we also have them being supported by the masculine, by the different pollinators, the bees, the hummingbirds, all of these um, insects and and animal life that that are needed um, in order for, you know, the flowers to survive and and proliferate and and so on. Um, And so there's this really beautiful, mutually receptive relationship between the masculine and the feminine kind of everywhere we look during this time of year. Um, And, and again, that's, that's going to be, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on, um, and when I say masculine and feminine, like Sharon said, this isn't, um, defined as like men and, and women in the way that sometimes, um, we kind of pigeonhole these these terms into those um it's it's more an energy that that we all experience both of um, and we see in nature um and so so i really love that idea of you know spending the time in nature noticing the feminine in nature and also noticing this like reciprocal um, mutually beneficial relationship that's that's happening between the two um and when we think about cancer is this very like fertile energy as well. Um, It also reminds us that there's this this need for for both inputs, um, for for new things to come about, to be born, quite literally babies and and new life um, for most organisms. (laughs) Um, But but also um, for, you know, that next masterpiece to be written for um, that project to to, sprout legs and and take off. We need both the the rest, the receptivity, the intuition, the patience, um, the ability to hold space. um, And we need the more active energy that that helps us bring these things into manifestation. So um, so, so lots of, of that energy around this new moon as well um and Sharon would you like me to get into some of the more specific aspects of this new moon maybe just one or two um I don't ah. know I don't have time for that
0: yeah that would be great actually so we know what how to prepare and I just want to say that um what you are speaking about with the creative so if we say that all is created like everything is created from one source and then that source is also within us Mm -hmm. i got an image that so we move into this cancer season to work with this creative inner force Mm -hmm. and then and also traditionally the the this creative space or the womb space is then connecting to the heart so in in august or like, like end of July, then when Leo starts, like it bursts out from the heart, right. So it's like coming out and expressing itself. So it's really, I just got that visual. And it's so beautiful, like these weeks that we will have in cancer season, which we it will be cancer season, of course, when when the new moon happens, but it's really beautiful, like with the summer solstice. And I just want to say also that this sun can also be a goddess um, we always see it as a god or as a masculine aspect but uh, there are traditions uh, and i think including here that uh, this the goddess is also the sun yeah because in the end like the shakti the the whole like the all of life is the feminine the the goddess manifested So it's still like one aspect of the goddess because Mm -hmm. this fiery energy. But I really saw that in front of me that with this new moon, we can really start to be intentional with what we're creating from within. And and then the next new moon in Leo will be more of like moving that into uh, expressing it. But I would love to hear the some of the details and in the ceremony, we will of course talk much more deeply about it so that you can relate it to your own chart as well um So yeah, go ahead, Diana. I would love to hear.
1: Yeah, and that was that was a really good point, Sharon, that um, there is this other side to the goddess and and I think maybe it's been a little bit, forgotten, um, you know, over a couple of millennia now, (laughs) whereas a lot of ancient goddesses did have um, a linkage to the sun, they had more of a linkage to, um, again, kind of that fiery quality, um, you know, in a lot of different traditions in different parts of the world, they um, were associated with fire and bringing kind of that warmth and that light of fire, um, which again, is the sun in a lot of ways. And so, um, so I, I'm really glad you brought that up, because I do think, again, this north node in Taurus that we're working with right now, especially with like the big, Big, um, north node Uranus conjunction that we have coming up um, is, is a really good time to be rethinking and, and rewriting kind of the story of, of what it is to be feminine, to experience the feminine, to work with feminine energy. And actually, this new moon um, has the potential to really help us be rethinking that too. Um, so the biggest goddess present during this, or biggest feminine energy present during this new moon is actually Lilith. Um, So the new moon is going to be sitting exactly conjunct black moon Lilith, um, but also oscillating Lilith. So black moon is like the average of of what oscillating Lilith is doing. She's kind of like wild and in her movement, Um, but oscillating Lilith also happens to be right there with the new moon. And so is asteroid Lilith. Um, And so In mythology, um, you know, I I typically work with Lilith more as the first wife of Adam. Before that, she was supposed to be one of um, Inanna's handmaidens. And and so she has like a really um, kind of ancient mythology that that goes way back. Um, But in in, um, the the telling of the myth of of Adam and Lilith, um, Adam um, and Lilith are both made from The earth and Adam wants Lilith to be um, kind of subservient to him to be um, less equal than him um, because um, as the story goes Lilith was supposed to have been created from impure sediment whereas Adam was created from pure sediment and Lilith basically is like nope like either I'm equal or I'm out of here and she decides to to flee and then becomes kind of this demonized, vilified character, and um, kind of the rest of the, the myth or the story. Um, and Adam goes on to have Eve created from his ribs so that it's very clear um, that, you know, the the feminine or, you know, the woman is, is meant to be subservient to the man, is here to be of service to the man, and, and so on. Um, but Lilith has this, this quality of being, um, kind of demanding her quality. She's fire she's not um, passive, she's not necessarily receptive. You know, some of these words I was previously using for the feminine, Um, she is active. She she has this, this beautiful balance of being deeply attuned to her wildness, to her instincts, to her truth, um, to her darkness as well. Um, And and really, you know, knowing herself fully and and operating from a very empowered place. Um, And so when we're working with Black Moon Lilith in particular, this is a very empowered form of Lilith. Um, In in kind of the myth, um, after she leaves Adam, she goes to the Red Sea out in the desert and, um, again, kind of becomes this this demon. But the way that we interpret that is that she was actually becoming kind of like a wild animal again. She was reconnecting with her wildness, reconnecting, again, with those instincts, with that truth that lived within her, becoming embodied, becoming empowered. Um, and, and, you know, through connecting with her wildness, she becomes um, like a more complete woman, a more complete human, um, through not overriding the wisdom of her body and and things like that. Um, And so that's a very empowering side of, of working with Black Moon Lilith. She is a dark goddess, so she really forces us to get honest with ourselves to cut through any illusions, any untruths, any, um, you know, false identities or false personas. Maybe we've been hiding behind instead of um, really honoring and and committing to our truth. She encourages us to get a little bit angry. She encourages us to be okay with people not liking us, um, with kind of committing to our own truth, our own path, um, and, and, yeah, accepting that others may vilify or demonize us in that process. Um, But she is a very empowering energy when we're we're willing to work with her consciously and allow her to kind of guide us back to ourselves. there's also another um, kind of point that we use for Lilith and that's called Dark Moon Lilith or Waldemoth Lilith. Um, and interestingly, she is currently um, during this new moon, she'll be in Aries um, conjunct Jupiter, which is going to be squaring, making this this kind of challenging 90 degree aspect to the new moon. And so. Dark Moon Lilith or like Waldemoth Lilith um, represents this point in Lilith's journey where she is sitting by the Red Sea rewilding but like also purging an incredible amount purging um, rage and anger and expectations of, of what could have been and you know hurt and wounds and and pain and, and all of these things um, that need to be purged and released for her to be able to hear who and her intuition to tune into those instincts to really connect with the wisdom that lives within her And so, um, you know, when I see dark moon Lilith sitting with Jupiter squaring this new moon in Cancer, um, I see this need to really purge and release and cleanse ourselves of beliefs in particular that um, are keeping us from, again, coming back to our truth, coming into our power. Um, Generally speaking, Anything Jupiter does um, tends to be kind of benefic or, or, or supportive. And so even in square aspect to this new moon, it's giving us, um, again, this expansive boost of energy, um, optimism, faith, the ability to dream bigger. There is that quality to it. Um, but I sense that there is going to be this, this kind of inherent inner challenge that we're working with of, again, kind of taking maybe quite literally um, Stepping into nature, going to a desert, going and being near a body of water, if that's something that's accessible to us. And again, allowing ourselves to cleanse, purge, release anything that's kept us from maybe believing in ourselves, anything in Aries that's also kept us from maybe this fiery version of the feminine. Um, maybe this is a big opportunity again to rewrite our own experience and our own story around what it is to. To be feminine and, and maybe bringing in more of that fire um more of the dark goddess energy more of the empowerment and so on um and so that's going to be a really really big energy around this new moon um yeah i'll i'll leave it there for a second <laughs> um because i know sharon also knows quite a bit about lilith and and um yeah
0: <laughs> that's so interesting and so beautiful because Lilith's story actually dates back many thousand years ago, like back to the stories of Ishtar and Inanna and and she appears there. And most recently I listened to a scholar who's written also about Eve with her book uh, that she, I think, recently published. Where like the true te- the true translations of the text and the different parts of the story of Eve uh, or Adam and Eve is really revealed and it's it's not that uh, it it has been translated so many times and rewritten but the the original text is that it was Eve that gave life to Adam uh-huh. because if you look at yeah like the Shiva and Shakti. Uh, element it's like Shiva is not awakened if Shakti is not present mm-hmm. it's the this life force energy mm-hmm. so it's really interesting and there we have also the it's always connected to the serpent energy even in the Sumerian texts with Lilith uh, because they take since I read a lot about Inanna's stories it's uh, it's the story of when she's uh, she has this hulupu tree and lilith and the, the serpent is is nested like staying in the tree but she wants it to make her throne or bed or thrown bed out of it so the story is really uh it's really interesting how it's evolved and to work with lilith energy is really what we in our traditions of Daughter of Ishtar is all about. It's to be like sovereign and like enthroned uh, in our fem, like feminine energy and in our full power during the summer solstice. Mm. So it's going to be a great time to work with that energy and we'll bring in those elements into... Um, into our ceremony, the rituals, the meditations. We always work with also goddess oracle cards for the group to see what we need to like focus on. So we have different elements there. But is there anything else that you want to share around the new moon uh, and the energy that we're
1: moving towards right now? No, I think um, I just I really appreciated you sharing that perspective as well, because there's so many tellings of of all of these stories and a lot of it, um, you know, really comes down to who is in control of the story and what their agenda is for any given point in time. And so I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, diving deeper into this Lilith archetype. There's a few other goddesses that are really figuring strongly into this um this new moon as well so I'm looking forward to exploring those with everyone during the ceremony um but but yeah I think you know as we're rounding out Gemini seasons as we're talking about story so much and Gemini has this linkage to story to mercury to um you know kind of the lens through which we view the world and and kind of the perspectives that we hold um again with this recent full moon in Sagittarius which also is linked to beliefs which also has this this quality of story about it um you know maybe just be in in preparation for this new moon be thinking about you know what what are the, the stories that we're living our lives by? Um, with the waning moon, there's this beautiful opportunity to get really clear with these things. There's a dark goddess quality to the, the dark moon and, and also to the waning moon and um, preparing for the new moon. And it asks us to be really real, really raw, really honest with ourselves. Um, and then Sagittarius and Gemini is such Beautiful energy for for really, you know, kind of piercing the veil and getting clear on what those unconscious um, stories are that have been driving us. Um, and so again, there's this, this really opportunity, powerful opportunity leading up to the new moon, leading up to the ceremony as well, um, to be, to be thinking about what these stories are, um, how we want to rewrite them, whether they're like ancient stories that have been, um, evolved to serve or support a certain group that we want to reclaim, whether they're personal stories, familial stories, cultural stories, you know, whatever it may be, um, this is a really powerful time to be um, kind of, you know, releasing and rewriting and alchemizing and transforming those stories in preparation for, for this new moon work we'll be doing. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to, to offer that um, for, for the, the coming weeks um, in preparation for, for this new beginning. So beautiful! Thank you so much, Diana.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's gonna be beautiful to work in ceremony together again. And we invite everyone who wants to work with these energies and to connect with deeper healing, and um just yeah, being very intentional what we want to create. Also over the month ahead of the uh, new moon, uh, it's gonna be a lot of interesting things coming up because it's so intuitive as well Mm -hmm. so everyone who's interested to read more about this and to sign up for with early bird discount you can click the link in the show notes and you can always connect with me and diana through facebook or instagram or email if you have any questions leading up to the ceremony and yeah, thank you so much, Diana, again, for sharing your wisdom and so many beautiful insights you will be sharing even more during the ceremony. And I can't wait to listen to that as well.
1: Of course. And thank you, Sharon, as well. And um, It's just always so fun to come on the podcast and work with you and you just bring so much ancient wisdom, as well as um, kind of, you know, knowledge from, from all of the work and the schooling and education and, and everything you've done. So, um, so it's just, it's always a really good and exciting and inspiring energy um, being here with you. And I hope others, um yeah, are, are feeling that as well and and feeling inspired and excited for um kind of some of the, the next chapters and, and milestones that are ahead of us so um so yeah thank you so much thank you to everyone tuning, mm-hmm. for tuning in and, and um we'll look forward to seeing hopefully um, a good number of you um in a couple of weeks at the ceremony yes thank you so much You're welcome.